Hello, everyone, and welcome to your Hawkeye podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official and official voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here with our final Hawkeye preview before the first two episodes of the series drop on Wednesday, November 24th. Fantastic Geek, the only podcast that has brought you every single episode of Marvel TV ever. And Pete, I feel like the notion that Hawkeye has been built, Hawkeye the series has been built to be um, a little bit of an uplift to be of the holiday season and so forth. That's not in any way to take away from some of the uh, the, the digging deep that WandaVision did, Falcon the Winter Soldier did, to a, to a lesser but nonetheless important degree uh, that Loki did. Um, it's not even to, to say, Pete, oh, moving forward, stuff must be light and not, you know, ask questions about, uh, you know, larger issues. I'm just ready for the Marvel Studios Disney Plus TV show. It gives us some archers and some good times and some, you know, some some Clint Barton uh, guy power and some Kate Bishop gal power. And I'm ready for this uh, six episode journey that we're going to go on uh, that starts, as you said, just next Wednesday. It's funny how the year has shaken out for Marvel Studios TV, the advent of that. You know, mentioned before that we've done all the Marvel TV, every single show, starting with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, many of which available uh, on either Netflix or some have made the jump now to uh, Disney+. Plus. But the idea here that this being the fourth Marvel Studios show and, you know, we've gotten approximately one a season and now this one kind of being of the holiday season. And like you said, the uplift, I mean, this show will be a couple things. It's going to be a, you know, bow handoff from one character to another. It's going to kind of tie a bow on the year uh, as far as Marvel Studios TV is concerned. Um, but I, I think we're we're ready and we you know, had been looking, would it be Ms. Marvel? Would it be this one uh, that would make air first? Um, but a familiar character, we're going to get a little bit of a different look. We're going to do this through the eyes of a new character and every woman, if you will. And uh, yeah, just ready to hit the button on those first couple episodes uh, and get them right away. Pete, I feel like my hope for this show is that it become, for its characters uh, and within the MCU, it become uh, like a particular movie that I have in mind. Pete, one not from the MCU, but from another cinematic uh, series of movies, uh, another familia. Pete, I think, of course, of Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, which in many measures is a terrible movie, but gives the opportunity for Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson to really have a two-hander, you know, in that in that entire movie. They are equally placed, they are equal they're given equal lines, sometimes to the point of ridiculousness where where it's just the the degree in which both must be equal is ridiculous <laughs> in that movie. 
I say ridiculous because it's meant to be a ridiculous movie. I think that as as long as we have had Jeremy Renner's Clint Barton on our screens, and as much as he's a legacy character, you know, is Hawkeye your favorite Avenger? Maybe not. Um, and the notion here to take everything that is great about Jeremy Renner's Clint Barton and everything that is great about Haley Steinfeld as an actress and that that kind of uh, Pete dare say youthful energy. Am, am I old enough to think that Haley Steinfeld <laughs> is 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 youthful? I guess that's that's how the math works. But she has this certain kind of bubbly magic to her, and Jeremy Renner is a little bit more of a cool customer. And I feel like put them together, put them in some sort of faux conflict. Like, no, I can't train you. I need to get home for the holidays. But wait, I've always wanted to be trained right. by Hawkeye. You know, whatever that is, where it's. It's 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 the workplace mishmash, and by the end they're a team. And you know, again, we are widely assuming that you know she takes up the mantle of of Hawkeye at the end of it, or in the next season, or in the next movie, or whatever it might be. Um, but to, just to have the two of them together, I feel like we've already seen that there's this there, there's this magic chemistry between them, and I'm ready for that from the actors. I'm ready for that from the characters. I mean, she's a young Oscar nominee uh, here, the handoff um, super popular in her own right. And uh, when you think too, like, all right, yeah, whether it goes into movies, it goes into another show. We know now publicly that uh, echo will be spun off from this show into her own series. But, you know, and they've kind of soft peddled the idea that, you know, now that we've seen a couple of them, that the Young Avengers could be coming. Uh, I think they're further down that road than they're willing to admit publicly at this point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're two anchors that you build this series around. And then, you know, you look at the rest of the cast, like I mentioned before, with Echo. And then um, we know that IMDb is frequently incorrect, but right now they're listing Florence Pugh as being in four episodes, which seems like a lot and also unconfirmed here uh, on top of, you know, Linda Cardellini uh, as uh, Barton's wife and his family's going to be in it. And then, you know, somebody who, you know, uh, maybe under Matt's radar, but Tony Dalton, who I've enjoyed tremendously on Better Call Saul as uh, Lalo Salamanca, uh, really, really super charismatic villain and um, tremendously physically gifted uh, character that, you know, you only see real quick. And it's kind of like a did that happen? And uh, he's playing uh, Jack Duquesne, which uh, probably some connection to Jacques Duquesne, uh, also known as the Swordsman in the Marvel comic universe. I think one of the secrets of film and television is, uh, with all due respect to, you know, everybody else that's 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 farther on the process uh, than casting, but the the secret is casting. Sometimes, I mean, obviously, you need great lines and you need you know great shots and all of that, but you know, Pete, the guy that got eight lines to be office guy 
uh, I think he had some other name in in Iron Man. Okay, he turned into he turned into you know the main character in Agents of Shield in Phil Coulson because of Clark Gregg. And in the process of making that movie, they're adding lines and adding lines and adding lines. But it just my point being, you know, secret magic things happen in casting. And fine, yes, of course, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye and Haley Steinfeld was obvious to many many people. Um, you know way out and so forth but you just you dig deep in this list as you said pete i'm not as familiar with tony dalton um but lots of praise for him zon mclaren who uh has been in fargo as well as westworld um playing william lopez uh maya lopez's father you know he's a tremendous talent he should have been nominated uh for an emmy for guest actor uh for the second season in westworld um, the fact that he, he actually, he may have been nominated, but the fact that he didn't win an Emmy, um, and may or may not have been nominated, he just should have won. It was, he's a phenomenal actor who, you know, who for some, some reason, maybe it's his Native American background, maybe it's how casting is done, you know, whatever, for some reason is not a major, major star, but Pete, he's going to be the best William Lopez that we could possibly imagine and on and on and on through this list, it, you know, you have to have the solid cast to then photograph in a beautiful way to then give the best words possible and so forth. And the cast was on hand at their red carpet premiere on Wednesday. Uh, So now that that bit of business is taken care of, you know, we get ready to push the button here on the first two episodes on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, and as we have uh, as we have mentioned before, we're going to be podcasting that first episode without watching the second episode yet. We're going to watch and podcast the first episode on the twenty fourth. So keep an eye on our social media and all of that if you want to be sharing feedback. But we're going to be looking for the slightly faster turnaround there, and then for one oh two. Uh, that will be on our normal Marvel slot. So just wanted to be clear on that in terms of, you know, if we missed your comment or if you didn't get a chance to vote in the poll or things like that, that, you know, speed for the first episode and our normal reflective uh, time period for the second one. One thing, Matt, I've seen is increasing discussion the past couple days, but I'm really looking forward to and that caught our eyes in the trailers is this idea of, uh, you know, a Hamilton type uh, Broadway production of Avengers. I'm talking about Rogers the musical. And to, to see, um, and I just had it in front of me and now has it disappeared from Wikipedia, but um, uh, Mark Shaman is the one that did the music for the faux Rogers, the musical Pete, He's an Oscar nominee, okay? I'm, I'm going to say two words. Blame Canada, okay? That's that's his go. pedigree, among other things. South so, Park. Yeah. Um, and like we had said in another one of our preview episodes, I would feel good as... I would feel great as a consumer if it ends up being they took a darkened theater uh, in on Broadway. They took out-of-work theater actors uh, because you know uh, darkened because of covid had to work because of covid you know and costume people and so on and so forth and said we're gonna run a rogers the musical mini team to get these shots down because we want it to feel authentically broadway and we don't want we, we don't want the tv movie end to make it look like anything other than a broadway musical we're just gonna come in and film it 
um, when you're ready. I, I, I would love to hear that just as a as a bonus. Um, but neither here nor there. I think, Pete, you're very wise to zero in on the potential here that Rogers the Musical is the Hamilton of the MCU. Um, and, and they could have a little fun with that, particularly since, you know, one of the landmark presentations on Disney Plus was Hamilton. And you think about what WandaVision was able to do both with the the songs that they changed up at the beginning of each episode and then with Agatha all along. And, you know, will they open the year with such a home run on the music end in a Marvel TV show? You know, one one of the knocks on the MCU is, you know, some of its music. Um, I think they've they've gotten better and better and better at it. Um, sometimes criticized as being generic, but you know, WandaVision, a plus plus effort, and you know, the idea that in a couple weeks' time, Matt, you know, we we could be looking at the, you know, not gonna uh, give up my shot or you know, not gonna not throw my shield or whatever it could become. It doesn't even need to necessarily be a one-to-one with the idea of Steve Rogers. And you know, where does parody enter into it? You mentioned the, uh, the South Park uh, film uh, you know, song creator, okay, who came from uh, Broadway and then back to Broadway with um, Book of Mormon. Um, so the idea that we could get some songs there and maybe even too, like the idea that Renner or other people that know those characters, wait, no, that's not how it happened or that's not accurate or that something could be played up that, you know, instantly meme worthy, uh, that type of thing. Like that's an aspect of this show I think is beyond the holiday setting beyond, you know, maybe one of the worst kept secrets in Hollywood that Elena Belova is coming, um, you know, could be really, really fun. And it is interesting to think, yes, it is this, this poorly kept secret. However, it wouldn't have been if Black Widow met its original release date a year prior, then you would have been like, oh man, she's coming for Hawkeye. And then, what literally four months afterward after the uh, the original release date for black widow um that's when they started filming hawkeye so when these rumors were spilled out you would have been like yeah she says so at the end of at the end of black widow instead it's been this weird kind of timey-wimey thing that in a weird way has i think uh benefited the show because you don't know what rumors to believe or you don't know how it's all going to fit then you go see black widow with Maybe that's not your number one expectation. How will it fit into Hawkeye? But you kind of have that in your back pocket when you say, wait, got to stay to the end. And then they give that to you. So, Pete, since there's little debate that she's going to appear in it, let's let's kind of swing for the fences here. Let's, let's predict perhaps other cameos, what secret scene content might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if I may, let me ask you a question. Sure. If, if we're getting Yelena Belova... Can we also get uh, Val? Can we get Val to show up just as Val was meant to be introduced to Black Widow, then it picks up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but instead she's introduced in Falcon and the Winter Soldier and picks up in Black Widow? I mean, are we getting Julia Louis-Dreyfus in this show? 
a New York set Marvel TV show that doesn't bring in this, you know, anti Nick Fury, best known for uh, doing work in New York as a not so good person uh, with Seinfeld. I, I don't see any way around it. I think, you know, Matt, even if it's the beep, beep, beep. Oh, the hologram watch is pinging on Yelena. Oh, it's Val. Make sure, hey, just put it on your to-do list to kill Clint Barton again. Remember, he murdered your sister. I would just love to have a, you know, it's a walk and talk scene on the sidewalks of New York City to have Val say, what's the deal with all these diners? (laughs) You know, come on, it's right there. It's right there for for, for the picking. Um pete again we're kind of talking about how particularly around the val character um and val intersecting with yelena and whatnot there's been some things done out of order as was initially intended can we then say hey there probably won't be a ms marvel connection cameo something because originally ms marvel was supposed to come out first or do we throw that out the window you know, is there some reference to, oh man, there was explosions in Jersey City, but ah, uh, we can't make it over the bridge, Kate Bishop, because now, you know, uh, who is that? Why? It's Yelena Belova blocking the way. Boom, smash cut to black, end of episode, you know. Do, so do we have any connection? It's just across the river, Jersey City, Manhattan, you know, what do you think? The adjacence of the setting for the other series is definitely tantalizing i could definitely see them going in that way even if it's nondescript uh that type of thing um but you know you look too and this is where we've often read the tea leaves as the mcu has continued on you know what is filming now who's available and then you know where do they slide that in to um, an end credit scene to a to a cameo, that type of thing. Okay, Secret Invasion is filming. Nick Fury, Sam L. Okay, who you know people forget popped up in Agents of Shield a couple times. Okay, in that first season in 2013, 14. You know, all, all, all the OGs remember. Okay, so I I, I think you'd have to get Fury. Right. Like we know we're not going to get Scarlett Johansson. We we doubly know we're not going to get Scarlett Johansson. I would be shocked. OK, if beyond a reference with uh, Elena and, and Barton, who she has been manipulated into believing murdered uh, her sister. But, you know, I, I think you'd have to get Fury is, is the connective tissue between those two characters. Right. It is, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conundrum. And again, I, I, I need to like reiterate to myself the, the timeline of it all. And in this case, it's not, you know, oh, when did things come out impacted by COVID? Like, could Scarlett Johansson have filmed the holographic play this in the event of my death thing? Not the death of Scarlett Johansson, mind you. Could she have filmed a black widow and played this for hawkeye in the event that i die could she have filmed that months and months and months and months before 
you know, the lawsuit and, and the sad times and so forth. Sure, absolutely. If they started filming this thing in November, I mean, it wasn't until the, the following summer. So maybe there's that. Or maybe that's part, maybe that was discussed and declined. And then maybe that was part of the makeup conclude the lawsuit thing. Like, but then Pete, so I, that's one, ooh, that would be great. Let's keep in mind, though, that Marvel Studios recently, indeed, Pete, as recently as the production of the uh, of WandaVision, um, there's been the decision to hold off. You can do the juicy thing. The deal is done. However, does it service the character? Once you finally signed Benedict Cumberbatch to do his WandaVision cameo and to be the one sending the commercials in, great, we got it. Then you kind of go, but if we then make it about Doctor Strange, what does that do for Wanda? And is that right by Wanda? And the conclusion being, hey, Benny, we're going to let that little contract slide we're not gonna we're not gonna have you film the thing because it actually would take all the air out of the balloon um so i don't know pete you know again do we have black widow returns from the dead by way of hollow thing and then it's a black widow subplot as opposed to um focusing on this hawkeye and quite frankly loading the quiver up for the next hawkeye kate bishop so that's a factor to draw uh, an analogy from you know professional sports sometimes the best trade that you can make is the one that you don't and you know I, I think there's a lot of stock that you can put into that idea of you know waving off an idea for a cameo it just doesn't feel right you want to service the characters so we're going to see you know but this would seem to scratch a lot of itches at a, as a series um, we're super excited to be watching it. We're going to be even more excited to hear what you think about it. Indeed, Pete. I think the the starting point for uh, the audience feedback, something that we've really settled into for the last couple shows that we've podcast, is running the poll on Twitter. Uh, whether it's a four three two one or you know because of particular Star Trek circumstances, sometimes we go with. Uh, I don't know, qualities instead of quantities uh, for, for the thoughts of the episode. But that's a really handy way to get a snapshot from those who vote in the poll, uh, then people replying to it and getting comments and so forth. And, uh, you know, it's it's always really fun each week seeing, seeing what the poll brings in. Uh, but beyond that, Pete, how can people be in touch with you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,141 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more! Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH all one word. Get in touch with us there as well and like it today. For those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we will be back tomorrow to talk Star Trek Discovery episode 401. However, if you're here for the Hawkeye content, as we said before, Pete, uh, on the launch day for the first two episodes, we're going to watch and podcast the first episode, and that will be a spoiler-free Well, we will talk about the first episode, but that will be without the knowledge of the second episode. Uh, So we ask in kind that your feedback uh, be be in that regard. 
Uh, from there, we will settle into Marvel Saturdays and Star Trek Sundays as we make our way through Hawkeye and Discovery. It is Pete until Marvel Saturdays become Star Wars Saturdays, but uh, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's a different book entirely. Yes, Book of Boba Fett. They're coming the week after Hawkeye ends. So lots to bring you. Busy time this time of year for Fantastic Geek. Want to shout out to our patrons on patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek again for making it all possible. You set the value on that. We give you a little extra and you make all of this possible. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Talk to you Wednesday. Wednesday.